3: All right, Carver High, these uh, late-night games, I think, are juicy with, like, St. Louis, Arizona, and at Toronto, Dodgers. And for me, the Pirates, uh, Padres, I like that one at Petco as well.
4: Yes, uh, we do have ourselves uh, three games late-night on the left coast. We will start in Arizona, where the Cardinals come into town to take on the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks absolutely reeling uh, right now. They have been miserable for weeks. Adam Wainwright... Goes for the Cardinals. Uh, I know this was supposed to be Zach Davies' spot for the Diamondbacks, but he went on the IL. Ryan Nelson, uh, it looks like, might slide in tonight, Scotty, as they had a TBD for most of the day uh, there in this one. Diamondbacks minus 140, cards plus a buck 15. Flat 10, the total. Big total in Arizona.
3: Yeah, I like Arizona, uh, believe it or not. I don't like Wainwright at all anymore. I think he's shot. I think it's over. Nobody wants to be mean about it. Nobody wants to talk about it, but it's pretty obvious to me. So I still got to go Arizona. Uh, I don't find much risk in it. In fact, I'd, you know, look, I look, I think the Cardinals have been playing pretty good baseball. They did not play well at Wrigley. But overall, if you look at the at the bulk of it, it's been like, you know, nine of 15 or 14, something like that. Yeah. They've been winning, but I don't see it. I think Arizona gets right again tonight in the desert.
4: The Pirates head south to San Diego. Uh, they'll have a couple games with the Padres at Petco. Quinn Priester gets his second start in the majors. You Darvish will go for the Padres tonight, who are minus 275 plus 220 for the Bucos, eight and a half the total.
3: Yeah, I like the over, and I like uh, the Padres laying the run and a half. I know I said I went with that yesterday, and, and it lost, but, uh, you know, Priester was all over the place in his first start. He's going into San Diego to pitch against this lineup, against these bats in their building. I don't see it. It's got to be San Diego and lay the run and a half at, at, I think, around minus a buck thirty.
4: Yep. Yep, minus 125 up to the second uh, is where they're laying that run and a half. And finally, the Blue Jays into Los Angeles to take on the Dodgers. Jose Barrios and Michael Grove is the pitching matchup tonight. Dodgers minus 120, even money for the Jays, nine and a half the total.
3: I mean, I think Barrios has been really good, fair enough, and I think the Jays are really good, except they're playing the Dodgers okay so yeah. the dodgers are better than them and that's just all there is to it and i'm gonna go uh grove and i'm gonna go la and i got them this morning and it moved it went from 130 to 120 so i'm on la and i bet it
4: there you go uh that's tonight's action major league baseball before we uh move on how about tater time for tonight uh we got a couple of juicy ones uh, to try and ring the bell for you here Two in the first game I got for you, Milwaukee-Cincinnati. First, Willie Adamas going up against Ashcraft. What's he done? How's three for 11 with two home runs. Uh, That's all within the last couple weeks, I believe. So, Adamas has been all over this guy, plus 375 for him. Jake Fraley on the other side. There's actually a few reds, Scotty, with uh, numbers and homers off of Colin Rea. Fraley, Votto, and Benson have all hit homers off of him. We're going to go with Fraley and the plus 575. Schwarbaum. Against Dean Kramer down in Philadelphia at plus 225. Alex Bregman has been smoking hot. He's got four homers over the last week, hit a bunch in Oakland this past weekend, plus 550 for him against Gray down in Houston. And Mookie Betts has beat up Jose Berrios in his career. Two homers off of him in some limited at-bats. We will take him tonight as well, late night in Los Angeles.
3: And I'll throw uh, Votto in there, I'm going to throw Muncie in there, I'm going to throw there Freeman in there, and we welcome our radio affiliate Sirius Channel 159, and of course, Sports Byline and all their radio affiliates. Good to have you with us on a Monday coast to coast on Sports Grid TV.
4: Let's ring the bell. I got no problem Votto in there as well. Uh, And anybody in the Dodger-J game. I think that that number is nine and a half for a reason. Uh, I think you're going to get some long balls tonight out at Chavez Ravine. Uh, And lastly, did you uh, catch any? I'm sure you didn't uh, considering where you were. Uh, The Crime Dog and Scott Rowland uh, inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. I'll say this. Maybe it's just because of who the guys were. Maybe the names weren't big enough. This is the first time in a long time, I'm like, zero uh, coverage or anything of it. I didn't see one clip. I didn't see one mention. I didn't have this the entire weekend of these two guys go, maybe everybody's starting to become like me, Scotty. They don't care anymore about the Baseball Hall of Fame. Maybe that's it.
3: Well, I mean, uh, you heard Mike DeCourcy last week. uh yeah. just absolutely ringing them up like that the baseball writers yeah. and the baseball hall of fame is a joke and basically i mean in not so many words that's what he said he said they have ruined that place and i didn't see it either okay. i will say that uh i'm happy as i've said to you before i'm, I'm friendly with uh, crime dog and i reached out to him on saturday and uh congratulated him and told him how happy I was for him and you know, I was such a fan of Fred's and uh, and love him. He's a cool dude and I haven't heard back from him yet and who knows if I will. Hopefully I will. But uh, I tried to see if he'd come on and talk about it. You're right. There was no coverage, which I think is a little bit disgusting because they've always uh, covered the Baseball Hall of Fame inductions. Uh, I've never seen it ignored like this. It is what it is. bro. I think you're right. Nobody cares.
0: the crack of the bat on a home run the slice of skates cutting across the ice but what about this one that's the sound of all the sports you love all at once starting at 40 dollars a month experience it all live with sling
1: sling at vanguard you're more than just an investor you're an owner that means your priorities are vanguard's too So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor.
3: It's pretty obvious, uh, Carver High, that Mafia doesn't like me telling him stories about people that we don't like.
4: Well, uh, I mean, (laughs) maybe he he does want to hear that, but, you know, it's people you don't like. Uh, So, you know, we say screw them. Uh, It's people you don't like. Forget them. Uh, Leave them behind is what it is. Um, The final major of the year completed yesterday across the pond, our favorite, uh, the (laughs) Open Championship, and unfortunately, Brian Harmon really didn't leave uh, much in the drama department on Saturday and Sunday in terms of who was going to win this tournament. First ever major for the Georgia Bulldog, Brian Harmon. He finishes at 13 under, wins it by six shots over Tom Kim, Sep Straka, Jason Day, and John Rahm, who all finished in a tie for second at seven under a masterful performance he built that lead on Thursday and Friday and held the fort uh basically over the last two days didn't make really any mistakes and got it done here he is first Scott he's saying that he always thought uh that he could potentially uh, had the game to win a major here's Harmon
6: I've always had uh self-belief that that I could do something like this. It was just, you know, when it takes so much time, you know, it's hard not to let your, you know, your mind falter. Like, you know, maybe, maybe I'm not winning again. I'm 36 years old, game's getting younger, all these young guys coming out, you know, hit it a mile and they're all ready to win. Like, when is it going to be my turn again? And um, it's, been, it's been hard to deal with. I mean, I, I, I think someone mentioned that I've had more top tens more types than anyone since 2017. So that's a lot of times like where you get done, and you're like, damn it, man, like I had that one. I, it just didn't happen for whatever reason. So, um, yeah, to to come out and put a performance like that together, like start to finish, you know, just just had a lot of control. I, I don't know why this week, but I, I'm very thankful that it was this week.
3: Well, good for him and I'm happy for him. It is what it is. I will say this. Uh... Sunday was awesome with the weather. I mean, when you can't even see the uh, camera because there's so much rain and and every single shot is like a drunk that's had 15 scotch and waters with blurry eye. Uh, That's what it was like watching the open, which is the way I like it. Driving, pelting rain and wind and crap and conditions that are absolutely inhuman and brutal. I will say this. uh, People may not like it, but how boring is this guy like to win like no I mean yeah. it was just like oh god this guy's gonna win like it just it, no one cares about him except him and his family no. fair enough I know I know you think I'm crazy maybe but I just was like this I watching don't... him I'm like I am so bored watching this guy win and going away six strokes Jeez. I'm like this guy like Saturday I'm like I'm literally watching going no one's gonna catch him and he's like, like uh, it's like a, he's like a a painted garage door. He's boring. I, I just—I would have taken anybody. It just—I don't like. It. You know, just personalityless. Uh, Whatever. Just his look, game. It just goes through the motions. Am I crazy? Uh,
4: no, you're not. That is Brian Harmon. He, there's not going to be much there. You're not going to get much out of him. I mean, I played the clip for you on Friday, uh, which was after he, because he went out real early on Friday morning and built that lead. And, like, I mean, I gave you the one clip where, like, he gave you something. Like, every other question, he gave, like, this, like, four- or five-word answer. Like, I guess he doesn't like talking to the media. I guess he doesn't like uh, doing any of that stuff. But he's very, very uh, short and boring. Um, But now he's a major champion, and you have that for life. And we'll see Brian Harmon every year, wherever the Open Championship is, uh, teeing it up until he decides not to play anymore. Here is one little thing he did do, though. He gave you this story, which was, I guess, if you remember, he had two early bogeys on Saturday uh, in that opening round where it looked like maybe he was going to fall back to the pack. And he says some guy started giving him the business uh, in the crowd, and that refocused him. Uh, Here's Harmon.
6: After I made the second bogey yesterday, a guy, when I was passing him, he said, Harmon, you don't have the stones for this. That helped.
0: That was, the, that was the motivation?
6: Yeah, that helped a lot. I think he was a uh, – anyway, that that helped. I mean, it, it just helped snap me back in, like, you know, that I, I'm good enough to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go through my process, and the next shot's going to be
1: good. So it was a case of trying to prove any day I was wrong?
6: You know, I'm not going to give that guy any more – I shouldn't have given him credit right there. Uh, but, I mean – Yeah, I just, just the, just the resilience, just knowing, I I knew I was going to make, you know, I I figured at some point that I was not, I was going to hit bad shots. I mean, it just, with the weather and the the scenario, you're going to hit bad shots. And I knew that the way I responded to that would determine whether I'd be sitting here or not.
3: Well, I think he won because of putting, not because of some fan. And I'll tell you another thing, Uh, anyone that uh, screams every time when they tee off, if you do that, you're a. Effing loser. There's nothing worse in golf than these tools that every time a guy hits a tee shot, they yell something stupid. Uh, I don't care whether it's Baba Booey or hamburger, they yell the dumbest things, and you are just such a tool loser. Anyone that does that, I think someone should beat the shack out of them. Somebody yells something, somebody should crank them over the head, honestly, or pour a beer in their face. I am so sick and tired of watching golf, and every single time someone yells something. And, the, and let me just so we're clear, the golfers cannot stand you people. They can't stand you. They hate you. Ask anyone on tour, these guys that yell when they tee off, there's nothing that irritates them more. They're, you're painful, you're a loser. Stop going to golf tournaments and making a fool of yourself. Is there anything more painful than that carver don't even tell me i'm wrong
4: no guys who yell in the backswing are no good whatsoever uh you cannot have that at all and they've done a better job at big tournaments of keeping that down i know they had a problem at the celebrity nonsense last week with that but i mean guys in in real real legit tournaments uh, they do usually drag those guys out uh, when that happens at those so they've done a much better job at it that's for sure I was one of those guys on Friday night. I I didn't think he had the stones for it either. Uh, But uh, he certainly showed me, and he got it done uh, over Saturday and Sunday. The other story, as always, uh, is Rory, Scotty. Uh, Nine years now uh, without a major. He should just play those four tournaments, I guess, right? Who cares about the other ones? Who cares about whatever else Rory does. His entire life and career now is only based on four weeks uh, out of the year. Nothing else really matters at this point.
3: Get ready for Eastlake so he can make another 15 million. I mean, the guy's unbelievable. Hey, uh, and Ryder it's, Cup. It's possible. You know, President's Cup, all those things, he's great. Match play, he's great at everything. Look, uh, I, I've said this to you before. Every major, the pressure gets not, it just keeps getting twisted up like a doll. It just, it just keeps getting worse. Every major, he's favored. He's top two or three favored to win it. And he just can't win another major. And I think as it gets... Now, as he gets older every year, I think it gets harder and harder. I'm not sure he'll ever win another one. I told you this last week. I want him to, but I don't think he will. And I I also think uh, it's the stress of it all, the pressure of it all. It's just heaping it on him every single major that he's got to win a fifth. You know what? I said this to you last week. You win four majors or you're Kepka and you win five. Uh, put him up on the mantle and live your life no one will ever take the four away from him or the five for Kepka. who cares if you win another one i know it matters to them but who cares if they don't when you go to bed as an old man with five majors or four majors or one major if brian harman can live forever like sergio won that green jacket he can go to his grave they made fun of him forever And he got a green jacket, so, you know, here's me giving double birds to everyone that doesn't like it. If you win a major, you're set for life. One. All you have to do is win it once.
4: And speaking of Ryder Cup, you know, the first six slots are done by points. That put Harmon in. He's going to be one of the six guys on the U.S. team at the Ryder Cup now uh, because of that win uh, this past weekend. Uh,
2: He can play and He can putt. I got no problem with that.
0: the crack of the bat on a home run the slice of skates cutting across the ice but what about this one that's the sound of all the sports you love all at once starting at 40 dollars a month experience it all live with sling sling
1: at vanguard you're more than just an investor you're an owner that means your priorities are vanguard's too So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor.
3: Know your prey. This is a whole, This is The Lion's Share, brought to you by BetMGM. All right, uh, The Lion's Share, brought to you by uh, BetMGM and their swing for the fences. How do you get in on it? Well, three easy steps. Log on to the BetMGM Sportsbook app. And play the MLB free-to-play game from now till September 7. Be a batter, pick an area the strikes on, depending on the area you pick, like, you know, single, double, triple, home run, or pop out. Receive the prize associated with that type of hit. Play it once a day. Prizing must be used on MLB and expires in 24 hours. Davis Lee Rothmatic from Fantasy Sports today. 8 o'clock on Saturdays with Scoop Mesh, but he's on coast-to-coast every day, and that's what matters. And he can feel it. He can dig it. All right, good to see you, uh, Davis. We said. At earlier uh, on the show that uh, the Yankees uh, swept the Royals, but I said it's like playing a high school team. Like is somebody surprised they they were able to beat the Royals? But their schedule coming up with all these uh, you know Orioles and Rays and Mets and 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 Houston, uh, I think we're going to see again that they're exposed and they're not a playoff team. I mean, I hope they make the playoffs. People get me wrong on his show. They think I I bash the Yankees a lot because I do. I I do bash them, but I love them. I want them to go to uh, the playoffs. I want them to win the World Series. I want them to be successful, but they're not, and you know it.
7: Of course. Of course I know it. I mean, we've spent this entire season saying that this is not the Yankees team that they should be. I mean, they're eight and a half games back in the division. Would they be the best team in the American League Central? Sure. I mean, that could have been, uh, you know, we would have gotten a little bit of uh, of uh, relocation done. Sure. Then then they can make the playoffs. But right now, they are two games back of Toronto. They are even further back of Baltimore. In fact, Baltimore in, in first place of that division. I mean, theoretically, maybe if they get... If they get five wins out of the seven games they have upcoming against the Orioles and the Rays, maybe I will renegotiate with myself. If they trade for Shohei Otani, I'm willing to renegotiate at that point, sure. But I don't I, uh, I don't really think that's going to happen. I mean, I think this is just going to be a team that pray, that plays like a pretty lackluster baseball. And, I mean, look, if you can get Otani's 37 home runs and uh, his, his 3.5 ERA on your team, I'll, I'll figure it out. But it doesn't even seem – it doesn't even – I haven't heard anything about the Yankees really being interested in Otani. The the team that everyone keeps floating out is why wouldn't the Orioles just trade for him at this point? I mean, the Orioles can put together the best package for Otani, which seems crazy, but it's true.
3: God, can you imagine if you're right and he goes to the Baltimore Orioles? Because I already said today, on the show today, I said... Uh, at 16-1, to 1, I love that bet of them winning the World Series. And I told you last week, when they lost two or three to the Dodgers, I thought I was watching the World Series. I could see L.A. against them, uh, and then I saw L.A. kick Texas's ass, put 16 on them. I mean, uh, the Dodgers, I think, are better than every team in the American League. It's that simple.
7: Yeah, I think the Dodgers are. I think the Dodgers are the second best team in baseball. And if we end up getting a series between the Dodgers and the Braves, you know, I think that will be a, that will be pretty appointment viewing. And what's I mean, what's really so scary about the Dodgers is that this isn't even the best version of the team they could have had, right? I mean, they have a bunch of guys on the IL. They have a bunch of guys who are are not contributing. Right now, like they could be even better. They, they don't have to be playing Miguel Rojas every single day. They don't have to be playing David Peralta every single day, but they do, just because of how injuries have impacted them. I, I personally would love for the Orioles to really go for it at the deadline. I mean, they can trade. They, in fact, this is, a, this is a true story, or a true fact, I guess. They have four players under contract to 2024. So they have nothing but house money to play with. They haven't had to start paying all these young guys yet. Now, I don't know the Baltimore Orioles ownership situation and how much money they're really trying to spend to try and keep this team together. And in fact, one of those four players they are paying in 2024 is Chris Davis. Remember, remember that contract signed with the Orioles? Um, Yeah. So it's, it's, they could be the Orioles could put together like a truly insane roster for this year and next and, I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see what they end up doing. But I really hope they end up buying at the deadline.
3: I think uh, Chris Davis may actually strike out more than uh, Aaron Hack and uh, more than Joe Ernest and, and Julio Gallo. I think I, I think Chris Davis may have been maybe my in my lifetime. I I never saw anyone strike out more than him. Or Dave Kingman struck out a lot, and he hit towering home runs when he connected. But I mean, that guy struck out, uh, you know, three or four times a night, and he might hit one out, but he struck out four other times. Chris Davis, they paid him all that money. That guy struck out. I mean, I did he have a hit in his last two years in
7: baseball? Did he have one hit? <laughs> the way I remember it, he didn't. He had, uh, so I'm looking, he had 61 hits his final two years in baseball before they finally put him How out last year. But while he was doing that, I've never seen anything like this. His strikeout rate for three straight years was 39%. I mean, that is, even in today's <laughs> modern age of baseball, that, like you, you just cannot even believe that, that someone would strike out that often. And it's not even like he was walking a ton. like He was walking some. But basically 50% of the time when this dude got to the plate, the ball was not getting contacted like that is insane i can't even and they did they paid him all that money so i don't know maybe they're maybe they're gun shy about giving out any other big contracts after giving chris davis all that money
3: so uh we talked earlier about the reds and brewers here they go again right and i'm still i I see you're on milwaukee tonight i bet on milwaukee they beat them in five out of six games
7: They did, and uh, this is exactly what I've been saying every day when we've come on here, which is that the Reds—they're an amazing story. You know, I I like rooting for them. I I do have that divisional future sitting there. I don't feel that good about it. I think this uh, this little game, this little series they have between the two the the two teams is going to be pretty important. But we got we got one of their their total dumpster fire pitchers going tonight. We got Graham Ashraf pitching tonight, and it's going to be Luke Weaver, uh, I believe, on Wednesday those two guys combined to give up like i don't know six and a half runs per game it feels like at this point they can't keep the ball in the park now colin ray not the best pitcher that the brewers have but he's been better this season than honestly than half of the reds pitching staff and to me you know scotty it feels like the reds should be a team who should be buying early they shouldn't be waiting until the seconds are are ticking off at the deadline because imagine if they could just send ashcraft down today and have Jordan Montgomery starting for them like I know neither you nor I love Jordan Montgomery but he's a lot better than Graham Ashcraft like they could be picking up wins right now and they're choosing not to
3: so you also have another one I bet on the same way as you is the Dodgers and here they go again taking on uh, the Jays this would be like the Baltimore series this would be like the Texas series here they go against another uh, potential playoff team that I think will get into the postseason as a wild card the Jays and I think the Dodgers are gonna beat them too.
7: I do. I think I think this is a big series for the Dodgers. And Michael Grove is pitching tonight for the Dodgers. He's one of those guys who has a little bit of a misleading ERA because he gave up nine earned runs in his second start against the Diamondbacks, and he had a couple other, you know, not so great ones in there. But he's mostly been good. He has started to figure out his pitch mix. He was throwing his fastball a little bit too much earlier. He's throwing some more of the off-speed breaking ball type stuff he's been really good for the last month or so so i think he is a little bit under uh under priced by the market and i also don't love jose barrios uh like i think he's i think jose barrios has mostly been fine this year the strikeout stuff has been working but his walks have ticked backed up a little bit and you can't be walking guys against the los angeles dodgers
3: so you went with the uh phillies tonight and and uh, sanchez right like uh I, I i took the Orioles at that price
7: and i don't hate it uh it's just that uh, i think that this is one of the spots where the orioles find themselves in a little bit of trouble when they're going to these uh you know completely anonymous secondary pitchers that they have kramer does have like two really good starts this year where he's gotten into the double digits and strikeouts but he gave up five earned runs his last start out against the dodgers a lot of guys struggle against the dodgers i worry about him because he Generates, like, no strikeouts. He's, like, a 20% strikeout guy. And this Phillies lineup is just, uh, I mean, it's a murderer's row right now. Like, they have all these guys playing well. Remember, we were so worried about Trey Turner and Kyle Schwarber, and they finally turned it on to be, like, reasonable, you know, closer to their baselines. And uh, Sanchez also has been pretty good for the Phillies thus far as well.
3: You're going to throw up a a J-Ram home run tonight as well?
7: yeah uh so i mean just my strategy most nights when i'm handicapping against the kansas city royals is to find uh i i just like to check the prices for the best hitter on the opposing team for home run and pretty much when it's deeper than three to one i like to bet i like to bet on that i mean i think you could take one of the naylor brothers here as well but it's just i mean to call the kansas city royals a high school team i they're They're worse than the A's now. I mean, they are. We were all laughing at the A's all at the beginning of the year. Oh, the A's, the worst team in baseball. No one goes to these games. The Kansas City Royals are are just as bad. They are. I mean, can you imagine being twenty five games back of a division? The bullpen's bad. Ryan Yarbrough's bad. I like Jose Ramirez hit a home run tonight.
3: Yeah, and how do you think the uh, Texas Houston series is going to go? The Astros have seemed to had their number.
7: Well, I mean, they they need it, right? Because uh, that would put them in a, a pretty different spot this series for the deadline. Where if they're able to erase two of these games that the Rangers are up on them, I think they can set themselves up a little bit better heading into. Because if you get if you get that buy, if you don't have to play that uh, that uh, that wild card playoff game, you're going to be feeling a lot better. So I, I'm with you. I think I think the Astros handle business there in the the home state rivalry. Do you think
3: uh, the Pirates are stupid to get rid of Bednar?
7: No, they're not they're not stupid to get rid of anyone. Sell sell what's not tied down. I think if you're the Pittsburgh pirates, I know you don't like to hear it. Yeah, I, I don't
3: I don't like to hear that at all.
7: I may <laughs> reach through that screen and grab you by the face.
3: Anyway, enjoy the games tonight. Davis Lee Rod.
0: The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at
1: $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor, you're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor.
3: Famous Seamus McGee is the uh, big shot trader at uh, BetMGM in Jersey City, runs the shop of horrors. Uh, He's always on Coast to Coast every week with us as well, talking about what's going on at the window. Uh, I spent the weekend, as you know, uh, at the BetMGM Sportsbook. They know me in there now, certainly. I think they already knew me in there at uh, Yagata Bergata. Uh, I've certainly been down there a million times. And uh, they got it going on, man. That place was rocking. It was packed. It was jumping. It was, it was happening. It's a good scene. Uh, it's a great spot. So it was pretty cool being there, and I had a lot of uh, tickets going. So let's talk about everything uh, that's going on. So we'll start with the Phillies. Uh, they've uh, crept their way into the third favorite to win the NL. How much action are you getting on them? When I left uh, Atlantic City this morning to go back to New York City, I uh, I wanted to pull off and drive to Philly and go to that uh, Phillies-Orioles game tonight, but I, I did the right thing and, and came home and did uh, to do the show so I wouldn't get fired.
8: Yeah, should be a good series there. We're seeing good action on it today. And, um, you know, it, Pennsylvania sports fans, especially down in South Jersey as well, you were down in the Borgata. We've seen a lot of Phillies money come in on the Futures, uh, their money lines every game. Uh, They're playing good baseball right now, and the betters are really coming to the window looking to see what action they could get on them uh, futures-wise. I mean, the division is going to be a little difficult to pull off with how the Braves are playing. But, um, yeah, we're definitely seeing some Phillies money coming through. Yeah, I'm not,
3: uh, uh, you know, I know they're not winning the division, but I'm not uh, uh, getting off of them. They're going to the playoffs. One way or the other, they're going to be one of those wild-card teams because they are tough as hell uh, to deal with. And you know they're going to get in. It's just inevitable. Like I cannot see them screwing this up. I think they're going to be a dangerous team and we'll see if they can get in Uh, and then they'll be fun to bet on. Is there anyone else in the thousand to two thousand range in the National League that's getting significant bets put on them or just the Braves and Dodgers for the most part?
8: I mean, it is those three teams taking the, the bulk of the action with, between the Dodgers, Braves, and Phillies. I mean, we still are taking a bunch of money on the Reds um, on for the NL pennant. I mean, that's just uh, mainly a lot of betters in Ohio. And, again, they're a fun team. People like to bet on them. People like to watch them. They're not playing their best right now. But we're still seeing money coming on them. The Diamondbacks' money has started to taper off a little bit. And then uh, I have seen some Brewers' money start to come in this week as well. But – Say it's mainly those three teams at the top and then, you know, middling bets coming through here and there on the other teams.
3: So how are the Yankees only uh, plus 1,300 to win the AL and have way better odds than a bunch of other teams ahead of them? Uh, are you just trying to give the Yankee fans hope so that uh, they keep throwing money uh, at a
8: lost cause, essentially? Well, it is a bit of a Yankee tax, uh, it feels like, at least right now, where it's, you know, the Yankees' number is always going to be pretty short. We're all, no matter what number we hang, we're going to be taking a lot of money on the Yankees, unless it's you know seven or eight years ago when they're way out of the playoff picture. But you know they're only two games out of the playoffs right now. Every time someone brings up the name Shohei Otani, the Yankees are soon to follow that after whether they want to actually do a deal for him or not, whether they want to make a deal for Soto or not. So there's a lot of uncertainty with what they're going to do at the trade deadline, what their team's going to look like going forward. So it's a, it's a tricky team to navigate where, yeah, they're playing like, I mean, they did just sweep the Royals, but they're terrible. So you have to keep your eye on, them. they're not playing great right now. They might get judged back soon. We'll see what that does, how he plays through that injury. But they're—it's a tricky team to handle right now because they're definitely. I think they're going to be making trades at the deadline, so we have to see what how the team's going to look like going forward. So obviously,
3: we can see why the Reds and Orioles are getting action. You had mentioned the Reds already, Uh, and and, you know they're playing big market teams like the Mets and Red Sox have a bunch of money uh, on them from the start of the season. But how in the hell are the Pirates and Tigers two of your biggest uh, World Series liabilities? That's just crazy.
8: So the Tigers is every season, they have massive, li- massive odds to do anything. So, you know, the, our, our betters up in Detroit and Michigan they love taking the futures on them they'll just throw flyers on them cuz they are a young team and you know maybe they'll be one of these scrappy young teams and they finally they break through to the playoffs this year but it's a it's the same thing every year with the tigers it's a lot of hometown money coming through
1: and the pirates
8: i mean yeah we we were taking a lot of pennsylvania money on the pirates but at the same time at the start of the season they were playing some really good baseball and that number wasn't really moving down all that quickly so we were make, we we're taking a lot of bets on them at pretty high odds and now they've started to taper off, and they might end up being sellers at the deadline. So not too worried about them. But, yeah, it's, it was mainly a lot of early season money coming in on both of those teams. So I said earlier on the show that I like the
3: Orioles at 16-1. to 1. How much money is coming in on the Orioles at those odds?
8: I mean, it's most days we're seeing some Orioles money, whether it's them for the division. I mean, the division, they're, we're rooting for the Rays right now to really rebound. They haven't been playing their good best baseball the past 60 or so odd games. Um, but that's a tight division race now. We're rooting for the Rays. It's a lot of Orioles money coming in, whether it's for the division, the Pennant, or the World Series. And uh, they're playing some good baseball. They got a good They got a big series this week against the Phillies. And then they have a big three-game set against the Yankees at the weekend.
3: So have you ever seen some of the huge jumps in odds from the start of the season like this uh, ever before in terms of like the Rays going from 2200 to plus 550 and the Rangers going from 5000 to plus 900 have you seen it very often those crazy
8: swings? This year feels a bit different than others because every year you have a team that is a surprise team. They surge up the odds boards. They're going to make the playoffs. They weren't projected to do so before, but this year to see a team like the Mets with like the highest payroll, they were the second favorite of the national league to win the pennant. And now they're so far out of it. And it's, it's hard to comprehend. It's hard to think of a year where there was a team like that. Um, I mean, the Yankees were second favorite to win the American league and they're like really out of it now. Um, and then, yeah, you have like the Orioles and Diamondbacks. They've surged up the odds boards as like young teams that are really coming in. So it's it's hard to compare it to another year where it's we've had this teams arrive so early and then teams just completely miss the number all year.
3: So like the Yankees were what uh, they were nine hundred and now like twenty five hundred, and then like the Padres were fourteen hundred and now they're thirty three hundred. And, like, I mean, obviously, uh,
8: th- that smells like they're shot. Yeah, it does. It, it, Yankees, again, are still weird because the wild card standings are so jumbled up throughout the middle. You have three teams out of the AL East who are still battling for those. It's going to end up being four when you look at what the end of the season might look like. And then you have a Houston or a Texas team that might be battling for that. So. It's hard to have the Yankees drop further, but it is kind of wild considering the type of baseball that Judge was playing before he got hurt and how horrible the Yankees played in his absence. So it's really shocking to see.
3: What was the uh, reaction to Harmon uh, with him being such a massive underdog uh, to uh, win the Open Championship? Was that uh, a problem for you guys or did – Like, did anyone hit big on him that bet those crazy odds? Or was it, uh, it was good for you guys because he got through and no one had made those huge bets?
8: So our pre-live book was great. It was our best result on Sunday was him winning uh, the Open uh, the live book was just about break even, though, because I think once you hit Friday and Saturday, a lot of people was that that's when they really started to get on Harmon. So it was a break even book on uh, in play, and then it was a sensational book for us pre live. So someone may have hit uh, you know a couple bets on Harmon uh, before the tournament, but it was a really good result for us. So what
3: about Messi? Uh, how much of a surge in betting was there? uh when he debuted in miami on friday because i have to tell you i was you know i went to watch the game and i have apple and apple plus and everything and i figured you know i gotta watch this i just have to see it and then i get on there and they're like oh you gotta buy the season package of of soccer to to watch Messi." and i'm like i I thought to myself for a second Yeah, no thanks. I'm not buying an MLS uh, season package. I'll just watch all of his goal highlights on social media and on sports sites. I am not paying to watch that league because I don't give a rat's ass about it. I don't care what anyone thinks of me.
8: (laughs) Well, you're talking to one of those Apple TV subscribers for the MLS here. I'm a big fan of the league, and uh, it was uh, definitely the most bets I've seen come through on an MLS team in a long time, and, like, That's even including, like, MLS Cup finals and things of that nature. So, I mean, it wasn't a good result for us either because it was a lot of Miami money that came in, and it was a lot of money on Messi to score a goal, and then over two and a half hit. So it wasn't a good-looking book for us, but it certainly looks like there's going to be a lot of interest in whatever Messi's playing for Miami.
3: Well, listen, no disrespect to you. I like soccer. I I like World Cup. I like uh, Premier League. I like... Euro Cup. I like big games. I like the Women's World Cup. I just have never latched on to the MLS for whatever reason. I said last week on a show. I know there's rabid fans in in those markets. I know there's packed stadiums of twenty thousand here and there with people going crazy and they love it. I just have never gotten into it at all. When did you start getting into it? Where you got obsessed with it? Sounds like to me. And you got the package. I don't know anyone that has that package.
8: Well, for me, it was. I just go back to my dad bringing me to MetroStars games at Giant Stadium. I go. I go way back. Unfortunately, I am a huge Red Bull fan, and they have treated me worse than a lot of other pro sports teams I root for. But uh, I mean, I think they got to lean into gambling a little bit more. I put up me and uh, some of our uh, soccer traders here at. At uh, BetMGM, we put up some odds for the MLS. Whether it's Supporters Shield, we have odds to make the playoffs. You can go bet. Uh, we have odds for who's going to finish with more points. Is Cincinnati going to break the points record? So we're going to tr- we're trying to drive up some product here, especially with more eyes on it. If people are coming to our MLS page to bet Messi, so if you any exotic futures, you like we got plenty of them at, up at BetMGM.
3: That's awesome. Uh, what is the betting surge for the women's? Uh world cup is a lot of people betting
8: on it it's really a game by game situation the time zone i think hurts the handle for a lot of games like the u.s uh women's game it was a big six figure handle for us which is pretty good for women's soccer and then we've had low four figures for a lot of games because they're kicking off at three or five a.m so it's not a ton of interest but when it comes to the u.s playing or there's a prime time nine o'clock game even a handful of 3 a.m games uh we've even seen some decent handle on them
3: so uh, a lot of unders in these world cup games so far hammering like 11 of the first uh, 12 games under Uh, has college football futures and first week action uh is it
8: getting like steamy a lot of people betting already the more college football futures are starting to come up as we get into around like three weeks away i think from uh week zero at least uh, so whether it's conference futures, we just posted odds for the playoffs, odds to go undefeated, and uh, some division winners. So starting to see some action roll in. This is the biggest uh, handle I've seen on the college football futures we've had since we've started rolling them out here at Gym. So definitely some interest getting uh, getting involved, especially with you know some dead weeks in the in the sports calendar. People are looking out uh, for the future, see what's going on. All right. Well, next week uh, we can talk about uh, the NFL futures
3: and. You know the preseason games are going to start the Hall of Fame game and and football is is knocking on the door thank god uh, I think there's nothing worse than the dead, the grateful dead season in, in you know late baseball, late summer. Everybody wants football. Famous shamus bet MGM.
2: Sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com.
3: Remember another exciting edition of today in Carver High history.
4: Certainly is. We'll start in 1967 today. Race riots in Detroit forced the postponement of the Tiger Oriole game that day. 68 Hoyt Wilhelm breaks Cy Young's record for appearances when he pitches in his 907th. MLB game, 77, Pete Rose passes Frankie Frisch for most hits by a switch hitter, 2,881. 78, after saying one is a born liar, the other a convicted one about George Steinbrenner and Reggie Jackson, Billy Martin resigns as Yankee manager. He'd be the manager another nine times. 1983, the pine tar (laughs) game. George Brett's homer against the Yankees disallowed because of excessive pine tar on his bat. Here we go. They might be gonna call George
0: Brett out. Well, the Yankees win, he's out. Yes, sir. Brett is out, look at, look at this. Brett is out, and... He's He is out, and having to be forcibly restrained from hitting plate <laughs> umpire Tim McClellan. And the Yankees have won the ball game 4-3. to Brett is called out for using an illegal bat or
3: with the illegal substance on the bat. Man, that makes me feel really old. I remember it like it was yesterday, it was 40 years ago.
4: Then, of course, uh, Brett would go ahead uh, to win that appeal, right, Scotty? They'd have to go back and uh, finish the game afterwards. 92, Faye Vincent reinstates Yankees owner George Steinbrenner. 93, Mets pitcher Anthony Young loses a record 27th straight start. (laughs) Also in 93, Vince Coleman injures three when he throws a cherry bomb at Dodgers fans. What? 2011, Uruguay wins the Copa America by beating Paraguay through nothing in the final to earn their 15th title, throwing cherry bombs at the fans. Maybe that could be next up, Rodon Sleeve. He blew him kisses last week. Maybe next up, try cherry bombs. Uh, and more
3: importantly, uh, 34C that year, uh, remember, uh, said she wanted to sleep with the entire Uruguayan side.